Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C. in the cold. And my returning guest today is author and lawyer Terry Canefield. She and I had a great conversation, and she convinced me why it was better not to have witnesses at the impeachment. I wanted witnesses, and I was disappointed, but Terry did a good job of convincing me. We talked about impeachment, uh, the, the Senate trial, and then we also talked about what may come afterward with criminal charges. This was a really good show, so I think you're going to like it. Now, I always try to keep these intros short, under three minutes, so let me get started. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast. It's supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. I don't have corporate backers. I'm not using advertisers yet, although that's coming I'll tell you about that later. It's patrons who keep the show going. So if you're one of them, thank you so much. And I'd love for you to consider becoming a patron. So if you do enjoy today's show, take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see that most of the time I interview political people, but I also interview actors about their craft because I used to be one. Now, you can become a subscriber, a patron of the show for, say, $2 a month. If you decide you want to upgrade later, you can upgrade. There's been recent changes in the show, so here's how it's going to go. I do two free shows on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then following those free shows, I have, now I've renamed it. I've come up with a new name. What's up? with Kimberly Johnson. I'm going to be doing those, and those are for patrons only, and they fall under the $5 tier. So those shows are just me after every free show, talking about whatever I feel like. You get a lot of personal information. You get, you know, uh, sometimes it's political, sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's funny, sometimes I talk about my past dating life or whatever it is, but I never know what I'm going to say. Most of the time, it's just off the cuff. Today was totally off the cuff. I've already recorded it. So, You have the two free shows, then you have the two What's Up shows, and then occasionally I'm going to do a show with Steph Walton. I can't make promises right now. She just started with Planned Parenthood. She's always done my patrons-only shows before, so I don't have anyone to replace her, and I don't want to do another show with just me. I don't think you guys want that either. So for right now, I think what I'm going to do is when I get my uh, advertisers, I'm going to make, I'm going to give you guys an option of a show without any kind of ads or intro. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup. You can see all the different tiers. You can start, like I said, for $2 an upgrade, or you can start right now for $5 a month. $5 a month gets you the free shows and the what's up with me. On, uh, and then later we'll discuss what happens with advertising. You can also make a one-time donation by checking out the text in my Patreon description. I always include my email address. And then you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. I always ask, please stop by iTunes app, go to Apple Podcast, and become a subscriber because it's free. And while you're there, please rate the show and give me a a review. I would really appreciate it. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Terry Canefield. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, I've got a lot of questions for you, and you know, I, I, you're the woman. You're one of my one of my guests who helps me to feel a little bit better about things and I have a tendency to worry and freak out so (laughs) I I'm going to obviously you know you have talked about everything that's going on and we're going to go over that but I have real fears I want to talk about um you know the impeachment and the importance of it and all that before we start that I just want to say though how 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 has the year been for you otherwise (laughs) the new year (laughs) So far, it's been um, 
actually better than last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that insurrection and the trial. I mean, it's been kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I actually had some delusions in November when Biden won that we'd have a little bit of a rest mm -hmm. from the nonstop, you know, 24-hour, yeah. you know, um, news cycle. And I did listen to the entire impeachment trial. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's been a lot better. Um, a lot, actually, a lot, a lot more hope. Um, my right. husband actually got his first vaccine, the first dose. Oh, and, good. Um, so we're, you know, sort of believing that the end of a at least that mm -hmm. tunnel is in sight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know my father, I think he's going to get his second shot on Friday. Although my mother and my stepmother have not yet gotten their shots. So, yeah, it's just it's like right now. I mean, we do we're, we're, we're seeing all these people getting vaccinated online. They're talking about it and everything. So there, there is hope there. And exactly I felt exactly what you were talking about. Like we get some kind of reprieve and then all of a sudden, you know, I mean, Cohen warned us that there was not going to be a peaceful transition of power. I don't think any of us really necessarily could have predicted this insurrection thing and the way that it all went down. Also, the way that Republicans are acting. But, um, you know, let's just get into the impeachment thing. And I'm glad that you watched all of it. I watched some of it. It was very difficult for me, obviously, to watch Trump's lawyers. They made mm -hmm. my blood boil, as I'm <laughs> sure, you know, I'm not alone. But start. Let's just say, okay. The f first thing I want to address is you had uh, quote tweeted the Washington Post when they put out a story called Trump. Trump got off on a technicality, and you said a made-up technicality. So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, um, actually, I just want to stop there. I'm always sort of interested in people saying I make them feel better because <laughs> it, I always feel like I have a pretty realistic sense of the dangers. Yeah, you do. Um, I think maybe, <laughs> but interesting that, um, that that's sort of my role in this because I'm, you know, um, I, th I like to think I'm realistic about what's, you know, the dangers you, that we're yeah. facing. Uh, but anyway. Well, I, well, okay, let me just so let me just say that I, you don't put a spin on it. That's that you know, obviously you're realistic. And I mean, I remember last year when we were talking about Trump and you had a pretty strong feeling that he was going to lose. And you're like, of course he can still win. Of course that can still happen. But here's, here's a good reason why it may not and probably won't. And so, and you were right. And so I think the same thing can be said for anything else. It's like, what, what, what winds up happening with me is, it, you know, on social media, it's obviously very easy, which I live on, mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. jacked up from f fears, threats, uh, you know, whatever it is you see out there, and, 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 and then you see what's happening with the party and how they're reacting. And, you know, I mean, I definitely have a gene, a worry gene. Everybody in well, my family what, actually, has it. Let me come back and say, you know what, I see what you're saying. I, I understand what you're saying. And I think that with social media, we have to understand that um, that there are that if, if you are a doomsday, if you are a, a, a merchant of despair and doom, you get a lot of clicks. Yeah. It's, 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 it's actually it's a really easy way. I mean, I've seen people do it. Um, and so, right. So social media, I think can, can be, there, there's a lot of hair on fire mm -hmm. on social media. Yeah. And, um, and I guess that my, my feeling is, okay, so I see what you're saying. I agree with you. My feeling is that it doesn't do any good to have your hair on fire, right. even if it's even if it is an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, okay, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of um, 
sort of doom thing. Okay, so back to back to the impeachment. Um, I think the hope that people ha- that we all had going in was that we would peel off. I don't think anybody ever believed that there was going to be a conviction, even right. though um, when it looked like McConnell kept saying these um, these very incriminating, making these very incriminating statements about how Trump, mm-hmm. you know, had sort of um, you know instigated the riot. It, you know, there was that hope, mm-hmm. but really the the hope for the um, the impeachment was to divide out was it you know to force the Republican Party either to embrace or reject Trump right yeah and um, and to, and to see what would happen and really we peeled off the, the Democrats peeled off a lot more votes than we thought at first and mm. again when you look at the people who voted to acquit even though they found him guilty then it's it's you can see the Republican Party trying to walk a line like mm-hmm. we don't like what he did, but we're still not going to completely. We're not mm-hmm. going to go against him. Yeah. So they, um, so they found an excuse. So right, technicality. Um, that actually, I'll trace that all the way back. One of the House managers used the word, and I understand why we want to talk about a technicality because people understand a technicality as you got off even though you were guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, and for that reason, it's good to put it out there for, for the people who only read headlines. It's good to say Trump got off on a technicality. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows he's guilty, but he got off on a technicality because it's a way of saying Trump is guilty, mm-hmm. which is true and, and, and the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so now I'll, I'll do a lawyerly quibble <laughs> with technicality. The, the first is it's not really a technicality because it's, it's an invented technicality mm-hmm. it's made up but what is um, the, and what is that right. technicality okay the technicality was that the the that the senate did not have the jurisdiction to try the case because trump was no longer in office oh i see okay okay so that was the jurisdictional that was the reason that mcconnell gave for um that was the reason mcconnell right. okay. gave for acquitting mm-hmm. so this is bogus mm-hmm. This is bogus. And um, the, the simplest way to explain that it's bogus is they first off, we ha- it, it opens up what the House managers called the January exception. And previously in a piece I did for the Washington Post, I called it the last minute violent coup exception. Hmm. That if you can't be convicted by the Senate, um, if there's not tra- time during the president's time in office to have a trial, then you're saying, okay, go ahead and have a last-minute coup, and we can't touch you mm-hmm. because there's not time for a trial. Um, so interestingly enough, so so why it's bogus is, number one, the Constitution is very clear on this. Very few places the Constitution is clear. It says the House has the sole power over impeachments. Mm-hmm. And the next – the other statement that's very clear is the Senate has the power to try all impeachments. Hmm. It doesn't say all impeachments as long as the person's mm-hmm. still in office, mm-hmm. particularly because one of the remedies, one of the allowable punishments is disqualification from future office. Right, yeah. So so the, nobody denies that he was impeached while he was president mm-hmm. <laughs> and that he was impeached for actions that he took while he was president. So they hit behind, they dodged. And in fact, if you recall, right after the articles of impeachment were passed, McConnell dissolved the Senate and said, we're not coming back. 
Mm-hmm. So, yes. so even if you could have had a trial in a week, McConnell made sure it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. So you have McConnell dissolve the Senate. Now, what he said at the time was there isn't time for a conviction, so we may as well not bother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, so the way he was consistent was his quibble on conviction. Mm-hmm. He says, well, we, can't ha- we don't have time for a conviction, so don't bother. And then later he said there wasn't time for a trial and conviction. So it, so there's no jurisdiction. Yeah. So that's a dodge. Yeah. That's a, a made up. And also it's just perfectly, it makes no sense. Um, no. The other way that they tried to hair split it is that what the Constitution does is it makes clear that impeachment is not a criminal trial. Mm-hmm. It, it's for abuses of power. It's for the kinds of things that only the president can do. Mm-hmm. Only a person in office can do. So, um, so the, constitution limits the kinds of punishments that you can inflict and there's two punishments that are allowable out of an impeachment trial you can be removed from office and you can be disqualified from future office Mm -hmm. so so what they did is they said well there's an and you can you can be improved removed from office and disqualified and then they do this silly and argument where they say well you can't if you don't have the first you can't have the second hmm. so if you if you can't remove him from office because he's already removed you can't disqualify him so hmm. you can't disqualify somebody if you can't have the trial while he's president does that sound silly yes <laughs> okay good so it's it is silly and yeah. it's 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 um it's silly so the jurisdictional when they said that the Senate doesn't have jurisdiction, which actually jurisdiction is a fancy word for power. Mm-hmm. So when they say that the Senate doesn't have the power or the authority to hold the trial, and therefore, even though he's guilty, we're going to acquit. Mm-hmm. So that was what we're calling a technicality. So I'm qualifying technicality by mm-hmm. saying it's a made-up technicality. Hmm. And as a criminal defense, former criminal defense appellate lawyer, I also find it somewhat of a slur on technicalities Hmm. because a technicality is actually a procedural requirement in the interest of fairness. Hmm. So what that means is that if you're guilty and the only evidence of your guilt, I'm just going to take an example. Mm -hmm. If you're guilty and the only evidence of your guilt is that the police beat your confession out of you. You're going to get off hmm. because as, as oh, a society, yeah. we've decided that it's more important to stop police from beating confessions out of people than it is to put every guilty person to, to prosecute and convict every guilty person. So we have these rules in place and um, the police cannot beat you up to get your confession. They cannot storm into your house while you're sleeping and take all your papers without a court warrant. There are things they can't do. And we have these procedures in place for fairness and to prevent a police state. Because if you have no procedures, if if the only goal is to put every guilty person to convict every guilty person, then you can accomplish that if nobody has any privacy. But then nobody has right. any privacy. Right. So we right. have to so we have to balance the desire to put all to convict all guilty people with a desire to have procedures. 
and fairness. And we, in the old days, police beat confessions out of people. Actually, yeah. mostly they beat confessions out of black men. Yeah. But they did beat confessions out of people. So every criminal defense lawyer gets a case and immediately looks at the procedures. Mm -hmm. Did the police follow procedures? Did the police violate my um, my client's Fourth Amendment rights? Mm -hmm. I actually had a case once where I found evidence that, yes, the prosecutor manufactured some evidence. Mm. And I'm sorry, hid evidence, mm. didn't manufacture, hid evidence. And so if the prosecutor hides evidence, then um, you can go in and say, wait, you can't convict my client. Or, or in my case of an appeal, the conviction has to be overturned mm -hmm. because evidence was hidden. So, um, so that's my. Those are my two quibbles with wow. with technicality. One is a made up technicality, and yeah. the other is it's a it's a slur on yeah <laughs> it's a slur on technicalities. That's interesting, and that's an interesting take. And thank you for explaining that. Um, okay, so here's the big one. Now, I was one of, and I, I'm going to preface this and then I'm just going to let you go. So I was one of the disappointed people because I wanted witnesses. Uh, we all knew the GOP was going to quit. I see people online arguing and they're saying, you know, oh, they weren't, it wasn't going to change anything. So what would be the point? And I know you retweeted and I read the Daniel Goldman thread on why it was better for Democrats not to bring in witnesses. But... I had seen former federal prosecutor Glenn Kirshner say that he would have liked to seen like Brian Sicknick, the officer that was murdered, like her mother, not in a partisan way, but just as a human being who, you know, experienced losing her son based on the, the president's urging and words and, you know, inciting an insurrection seeing somebody like her, not necessarily to convince the GOP, but just for record's sake, just so the American people I saw during the trial, and I don't know if this is true, but somebody had posted like it was AP or something reported that 71% of Americans were watching. And I don't know if that was accurate, but either way, a lot of people were watching this. And so I, you know, I, I know, and I want you to explain why it's better or what the reasoning they had for not calling the witnesses. Uh, and especially, I mean, I read his thread, but I know that you explaining it will help me understand it even a little more. And, I, and I'm willing to, you know, say, all right, I, I get it. I understand that it's better. But, in, you know, because I know some people would have been hostile witnesses and they could have screwed some things up. But on the other hand, there could have been witnesses like, uh, if she were willing, Brian Sicknick's mother or somebody else who was kind of a victim of it. And I do know we saw, you know, how, how did somebody, maybe it was, it was Daniel Goldman, but that there was enough evidence there that you basically have it on camera. And so you don't necessarily need those witnesses. So, okay, that's why I was upset that they didn't call witnesses. But now I want you to talk about it. Okay, actually, I retweeted Daniel Goldman because if you look back, I said all of that immediately. And so, um, and so I retweeted him just to go like, yeah, see? Yeah, see? Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll admit that. I said all that out of the gate. And, um, and so... A lot of the people calling for witnesses actually aren't aren't lawyers. Um, I mean, right? Like, and I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. Right. So here's the, so witnesses. Okay. So first off, witnesses are not the end all and be all. Witnesses are not the best way to present evidence. 
Hmm. And the reason is they're unpredictable and you can mess up your case. Mm -hmm. So for, so for example, um, Okay, so documents is much stronger. Mm -hmm. So witnesses are always risky. Mm -hmm. And I have very limited trial experience. Um, but I know that when you bring in a witness, you don't know what that witness is going to say. Mm -hmm. And you're not only allowed to bring in the one witness you want. Mm -hmm. As soon as you bring in witnesses, and even though people were saying, well, the Senate could keep voting down Trump's witnesses, here's what happens in a, in a criminal trial. In a criminal trial... Even though all witnesses have to have relevance, the idea is, and this isn't a criminal trial, but um, but Trump is a defendant. You, you generally, in the interest of um, fairness, you generally let the defendant have whatever witness they want, mm -hmm. because otherwise it does look like a little bit of a railroad job. Yeah. So if you say we're bringing in the two witnesses we want, and we're not letting you have any of those witnesses, then you've really ruined your case. Hmm. Um, and you, you potentially ruin your case. Mm -hmm. So when you have a very strong case, so immediately, and actually, um, immediately I didn't want witnesses hmm. and I didn't want witnesses because you had like Mitch McConnell s saying these sound bites on camera without Mitch McConnell on the stand under cross-examination detracting from it, mm -hmm. giving a, giving a worse soundbite, giving sound bites for the defense, which he would have done. Yeah. So with, so with, so, um, and actually I do have a memory. I didn't do many trials, but I did one time win a, win a hearing, um, defending in, in as a criminal defense lawyer and you rarely win these. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that happened was my wit, the witness didn't show up. Oh, wow. I was so relieved the hmm. witness didn't show up. Interesting, <laughs> because it, because I the witness, if the witness would have told the truth, so it's an interesting situation. Because if the witness would have told the truth straight, it would have helped my client. Hmm. But the witness had a reason not to tell the truth, and the reason not to tell the truth is he was caught with my client with drugs and he's married. Hmm. So. He had a reason not to tell the truth. Yeah. And so you don't know if the witness is going to tell the truth or not. You don't know what they're going to say. And um, and so it's always, always risky. Documentary evidence is much stronger. So when you've proven your case, when it's airtight, to then bring in witnesses when you don't know what they're going to say and they're very likely to spoil your case. So what what the defense did, or I'm sorry, the house managers went to various witnesses. They went to people in Pence's circle, mm -hmm. mm. people who knew who knew the truth yeah. to, to try to get them to come in. And what was clear is they were not going to cooperate. Yeah. Not cooperating means they're going to get there and they're going to tell the truth, but they're going to throw in a but also. Mm -hmm. They're going to say, yeah, but in my opinion, he didn't do the insurrection. Mm hmm so or whatever they're 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 not they're they don't want to help convict trump yeah so the house manager said well we're not gonna why would we bring in hostile witnesses who we can't control and we don't know what they're going to say when we already have an airtight case and and as a matter of fairness you don't get to say we're only going to have the witness we want and we're only going to ask the questions mm -hmm. we want mm -hmm. because it's even if you put the most sympathetic witness on the stand, they're open to cross-examination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are ways to discredit a mm -hmm. witness. 
So and that makes been, sense, yeah. So you've supported Democrats all your life, right? Mm-hmm. You've always hated Trump, right? <laughs> yes. So, so you're much better off with a recorded soundbite when you can't, when, when the witness is not right. subject to cross-examination, which right. is going to weaken your case. Because then now you've given the defense. So right now, the defense has nothing to run with, really. Yeah. But if they, but if they were able to say every single one of the prosecution or the, the prosecution's witnesses were longtime Trump haters and mm-hmm. we can prove it, yes. then that's what everybody's going to talk about. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I will say, because I know a lot of us were disappointed and we're not lawyers. Um, and obviously we were disappointed because we were watching Trump's lawyers lie and say ridiculous things about about the trial. And and it just felt like there needed to be something. And I mean, I totally get it. And, I you know, I, I, I take back my being disappointed um, because I understand it more clearly now. But I think the the reaction you have, that, that knee-jerk reaction, is you're seeing people getting away, you're seeing Donald Trump once again getting away with basically murder and nothing's happening. Right. So what I think one of the problems um, that we have with expectations is we've all watched too many <laughs> yes. movies yeah. and it, it doesn't happen like that. You know, like, yeah. like remember like standing up and cheering when, um, when L Woods cross examines yes. the witness. Yes. It, that was completely not ever going to happen like that. <laughs> okay. So for so many reasons, yeah. I, I won't even go into it. Um, first off, there's depositions ahead of time. It just doesn't happen like that. So, um, so it was really good theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really super fun. And I was there cheering <laughs> like everybody else. But then in the back of my mind, I was like, going, yeah, ha, 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 right. <laughs> I couldn't have written a script because I, I would, it would be hard for me to like, yeah put aside what I know. So we've we've all watched it and trials are not like that. Like in real life, um, the truth doesn't, uh, the truth is always muddied up. Mm -hmm. And, um, okay. I've, I've been on the side of muddying it up Mm -hmm. because I've defended people who are accused of terrible crimes. Yeah. And so you go in and you say, well, um, was this really proven? And mm-hmm. this police officer was out to get my client. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, it just, it isn't like it is on TV. And so this desire and okay. So how did I feel about, about um, witnesses when we thought they were going to happen? Mm-hmm. My feeling is that those house managers put together have so much trial experience. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, if you put it together, I don't know, like a hundred years of, wow. of trial experience. I have about three months of trial experience and about 12 years, 15 years of appellate experience, which means reading transcripts. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't do the trial, I see what happens in trials. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if these prosecutors who have lots of information I don't have about what the witnesses are going to do and what the and what the Senate is going to do, and what the Republicans are going to do, and what the defense is going to do. If they weighed it and said, we're bringing in witnesses, then I would be all for witnesses because I would, I would, I would trust their judgment. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't seeing, I, 
I was hoping that that would happen, but I knew it wasn't going to happen unless it was going to be the kind of show that we would want. Hmm. And that, and that, gotcha, yeah. um, and, and there are also so many reasons not to drag this out, um, for, you know, for nothing. Right. Um, you want that person to give an interview, give an interview, do mm-hmm. it in a different kind of trial, mm-hmm. but, um, but to, to risk a strong case. Yeah. So, and the conclusion we have is to, the conclusion we have right now, the only thing there is to say is Trump won on a technicality mm-hmm. where I won't right. go into my technicality right. rant, but, <laughs> but Trump, Trump won on a technicality that looks really, really, really bad. bad. Yeah, it does. All the witnesses were biased against Trump. Doesn't yeah. look so good. Right. Yeah, totally. That makes sense because that's would it would have absolutely become that. So, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can see it. It totally makes sense. And again, I take it back because I get it now. <laughs> and, you know, and I mean, I, I, but I was ready for it, too. No, I woke up <laughs> and when I thought that they were going to have witnesses, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was there, too. But that was only because I thought. Right. Raskin and Ted Lou say, yeah. bring this witness in. Yes. Given. All of the dangers. Um, And in fact, that's one of the problems with, I'll just say something about the Manafort trial. Mm -hmm. Manafort was guilty of all kinds of really horrible, bad things. Manafort was convicted for financial crimes when all of the evidence was documentary mm-hmm. because oh, okay. documents don't lie. Yeah, yeah. And documents can't be cross-examined. So as soon as you have witnesses in a real trial not a senate trial but Mm -hmm. as soon as you have witnesses in a real trial and this is speaking from the point of view an appellate lawyer witnesses um it's up to the jury to decide whether the witness is credible Hmm. yeah it's not up to the jury to decide whether a document is credible yeah so a jury cannot discount a document Hmm. but a jury can discount testimony right because yeah. they can say, I just don't believe it. So if if you have two or three Trump supporters mm-hmm. on the trial and they disbelieve the testimony, you get an acquittal. Mm-hmm. Yes. So so that's so. Yeah, that's so. Te- so doc- testimonial evidence is always is never as strong. Right. As document, and we had we had it on camera, and I thought that first that first video they showed that first day was so damning and and was just upsetting, but it was damning, and um, yeah. So and 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 I I will go back to, you know, obviously the disappointment was really stemming from the fact that for four years, we saw him get away with so much, and it just felt like he's getting away with more. I mean, I again, I never thought. I never thought, even though Bill Crystal and a couple of, uh, of uh, other people on Twitter posted possibilities of a certain, you know, the, the needed number of Senate Republicans to convict, you know, there was a possibility there was hopeful, hopeful, wishful thinking. I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, so my desire for witnesses strictly came from, without even thinking and, and understanding the process so well, came from, oh, well, I, you know, when Glenn Kirshner made that comment and when I was thinking in terms of the one stupid furry-haired screaming dude that, you know, wannabe shaman guy saying that he was ready to testify against Trump. I wanted to see somebody like him in there or, you know, somebody who had said, well, we were just following Trump's orders. And so in my mind, obviously, I was going along with the 
um, fantasy version <laughs> mm-hmm. and not how it would really play out. So right. that's, how it would really yeah. play out is it would all get muddied up. Yes. And that totally so makes anyway, sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's, and I, I agree with you. Actually, I co-authored a piece with Glenn for NBC once. Mm-hmm. So I can call Glenn my um, a co-author. Mm-hmm. I disagree with a lot of what Glenn says. And in fact, one time I asked Glenn, hey, should we go on as like, former defense attorney and former prosecutor, <laughs> you know, with like, with like two opposite ways. Of right. Being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, so yeah, I, I think that there was, you know, I agree with you. There was a, a moment of, you know, yeah, we're going to have the show we want, but, um, but what you want isn't that show. What you want right. is Trump to come out of it looking really, really bad, which he did. I think I just saw that 77, I think it's up to like 72, 76 wow. percent of Americans believe that he is at least partly responsible. Wow. And so um, that's a lot. Yeah. So uh, would they all think that if it was all muddied up and everybody exactly. was all mad at the yeah. Democrats Good point. And dragging this out for three weeks and, you know, dragging everybody through the mud? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it could have it could have changed it for the worse. And so now this is going to bring me to. OK, now two things. Number one. There's the idea that there are criminal charges uh, pending, so many, from, you know, Eastern District of, of Virginia, from, uh, I, God, is it SSD, so Southern District of New York. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's definitely stuff going on in Georgia. There's stuff going on in D.C. So there's all these different possibilities of indictments. But there's also, okay, so there's number one, I want to say that... The, the impeachment trial has now I, I I think this is an important thing and I don't you can correct me if I'm wrong but since we all know this you know if let's just say that there's indictments the public assumption and I know that's not really supposed to necessarily matter with a jury but I don't know how there could be a jury on the face of this earth who you know everybody understands what's going on so uh, we've all seen it you can't hide it can't sequester people so there's this court of public opinion and i would imagine that but it it, like if there is the strong sense of trump is guilty just in a basic way that that might somehow uh have an effect on what jurors would decide or even perhaps a judge but beyond that um this is the i want to know how number one since we've got this evidence that has been brought forth and we you know we've all seen it a, how can this? I know with some of some of these um, charges will have nothing to do with insurrection. Maybe no, maybe nobody's going to charge them with insurrection, but they're going to go after them for money laundering or whatever that is. But the other thing that I just kind of wanted to bring up there's there's the idea of the possibility of court of public opinion, but then and and how that might affect any kind of trial. And then there's also I saw somebody I wish I could remember who on MSNBC and they were talking about this very thing he could get indicted for something now let's just say it was it was for insurrection it could be for anything but if it was for insurrection and then he's found guilty they said it's unlikely and this is what irritates me but this pundit said it's unlikely a judge would sentence him to jail because he's a former president and then also what how do we deal with secret service do they have to have adjoining cells blah 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 and the way i feel about that is first of all we are always saying 
presidents are not above the law, yet these pundits are basically saying, well, he was an ex-president, so he's above the law. And then we've got this unprecedented situation. If he were to go to jail, what do we do with Secret Service? Well, in my mind, wouldn't the judge just decide on, you know, okay, well, if he's in jail, he doesn't need Secret Service? Or I, I, I think that that would in itself, in and of itself, set a precedent. So moving forward, how does this, you know, after the Senate, whether or not the Senate impeachment uh, trial has anything to do with what comes next, what does come next, and what are the possibilities? Because everybody wants Trump to go to jail. He has committed crimes, but but there are a lot of people out there who believe he's not going to go to jail. Okay, so be careful with everybody. Okay. <laughs> I know not everybody, <laughs> but I mean, people... I mean, not even close to everybody. Wants him to go to jail. Not even close to everybody. I would say that um, if you pull, if you did a poll, how many people right now actually think Trump should be in jail? I think it would be a lot less than you believe. Okay. So let's, so let's just, because jail is a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. So my feeling about all of this is... Um, I'm a strong – first off, I don't like prison mm -hmm. and I don't like jails. And I'm not one who says we, we correct the problem of too many black people being in jail by – I totally agree with that. Yeah. Right. So I don't like jail. I don't like prison. Um, I think that we should figure out how to get rid of them altogether. Um, we can talk about my idealism another time. <laughs> um, but I, I'm also a strong believer in the process. Mm -hmm. And by the process, I mean you don't even talk about – whether prison time is appropriate before you have even finished an investigation. Mm -hmm. So I would say just shut up with all that. Um, my own personal feeling is, yeah, I don't really think you should put a former president in jail, um, but that's for different reasons. And I'm, um, but there's other things you can do. You can have home confinement. You can have a different kind of jail. You can have, but the, but it's not an issue at all right now it, because right now the idea of putting trump in jail is really too offensive to too many people hmm. but it won't be once the process plays out hmm. okay it that's won't a good point. be like like we're we're way ahead of things here mm -hmm. so um so let's back way up and say okay where does trump have criminal liability and how is that going to play out mm -hmm. um and as, as far as like Talking about Trump going to jail at all right now would be completely inappropriate because um, because you don't talk about that before you even have charges. You see what I'm saying? You, you shouldn't even talk about it before you have a conviction. I, I understand, but let me just say that let's just say someone uh, hurt someone you love, and you know, and you know it was them. I think there's this natural feeling of wanting them to be punished. And I mean, if, mm -hmm. if I knew somebody who hurt somebody that I loved, my automatic thing was they need to go to jail. And I mean, I don't like jail either, but this is the system we have. And so that's where right, I automatically go to. Right, but we don't get, we don't give into that. We, you know, that due, that due process in the law shouldn't be about anything other than following the law, following the procedure and um, doing what the law requires. Mm -hmm. So um, so whether, you know, the uses I've actually written about the uses of punishment, you know, what what good does punishment do? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what is the purpose of punishment? And there's a lot of philosophical talk about this. And there's a lot of, you know, you know uses of punishment that may or may not be constructive for anybody mm -hmm. um but then there are important uses for punishment so that's a very very complicated 
discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that if, if you talk about it too soon, then you're, it, it's like saying, we suspect, you know, we, we all believe O.J. Simpson has been, has been, you know, committed murder, but there hasn't been a trial yet. And there haven't even been charges. So let's discuss whether he should go to jail. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, what you're saying a, makes sense. Yes, it I seems get inappropriate. It. Okay, so anyway, so back up. Okay, I guess I made the point. Okay, so back up. Yes, Trump is facing criminal liability. Um, this is going to be a slow process. Okay, actually, mm-hmm. I think the other yeah. thing is, the reason to get ahead of ourselves is we're mad at him. We want to punish him. Right. That's but true. The, Very true. Right. It's it's true. But the the way this is going to happen is going to be painfully slow mm-hmm. because investigations take time and you don't want an investigation thrown together. So right now we have um, about 200 of the rioters have been um, have been arrested. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're saying that Trump put them up to it. Mm-hmm. There's actually a defense called it's not the Nuremberg defense which people think it is there are a few defenses available to them and one of them is the public authority defense so they are going to put forward a defense that says that they were acting under the directions of an official mm-hmm. again I, I can talk about the nuances of it it's not people think of it as an like the Nuremberg defense it's not it's actually a little bit more complicated but um but they're going to put forward this defense which is going to bring Trump's name into the mud. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have, you're going to start having these trials and these guilty pleas and these defenses, and his name's going to come into it. Also, the attorney general in Washington, D.C. has said that they're looking at whether Trump committed crimes Mm -hmm. in D.C. The... Um, that speech that McConnell gave when he acquitted makes it more likely hmm. that Trump can be charged criminally. Wow. So, um, and actually, the, the law in D.C. is is pretty strict. Mm-hmm. So, the and we're talking about the attorney, the attorney in D.C., not the um, DOJ. Yes. So the um, so the law says that if you willfully urge people to engage in a riot which is a gathering of five or more mm-hmm. who through their actions put someone in danger, then you're criminally liable. So the, um, the, the DCAJ has said, we're looking at this, mm-hmm. right? We're looking at this. So I would assume, so and the, the way that prosecutor uh, investigators work is you start with the foot soldiers and you work your way up to the general mm-hmm. because um, it, you start with like what they call the drug mules, the people who are running the drugs, mm-hmm. You pick them up because that's low-hanging fruit. They're easy to get. After you pick up all of them, then you start working up. Hmm. Yeah. Because, right, because as you, because then, um, and Trump has thrown these writers under the bus. (laughs) Yes, he has. And they know that he's thrown, that they're throwing them under the bus. And so let this play out when these rioters start throwing Trump under the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So so it's so it will play out. And that's how it's it's likely to happen that um, that as these rioters find out that they're that they do have a defense by putting forward the evidence that they were relying on on Trump or Giuliani or whoever, that they have a defense. And when you're looking at jail, you know, defenses start to look very appealing. Yes. And Trump. We know that he did mm-hmm. um, violate D.C. law. And then there's also the DOJ. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I'm cautious about is this call from the Republicans to have a, um, 
a bipartisan 9-11 type of investigation mm-hmm. into yeah. the riots because right. we know what that's going to be. Mm-hmm. They just <laughs> Right. So that 9-11 was not launched by Republicans. <laughs> it's not appropriate to have Republicans mm-hmm. on a committee who clearly just right. want to. Exactly. Yeah. Smooth. Right. So, um, so anyway, it'll, it'll play out. It'll play out. And if it does get to that point where, at least in the jurisdiction of Washington, D.C., there's so much anger at Trump mm-hmm. in that jurisdiction. Yes. And let it's that it, that's actually of all the places in the country. Yeah. I think that's where Trump would least like to face a jury. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, I'm going back to it's that human need for uh, justice, you know, and, and as much as I don't believe in the way we have created our prison systems, you know, there are certain, when you have people who are dangerous to society, you got to figure out where to put them. And I mean, and, and, and I think that it's funny because like I've talked about on this show, I have a, I have another segment that I do that's for patrons only. And I often love to talk about, you know, you called it your, I can't remember the term you use, something ideology, your, your pure ideology or something, but it's like, um, idealism, idealism. Um, sorry about that. I, uh, I have the same thing. I mean, because, because I truly and genuinely believe that as human beings, uh, we have this need to see immediate justice. But I think that as, as, as consciousness and as energies and as souls or whatever you want to call it, I feel like, you know, like, I guess this is the best way to describe it. If, if Trump does not get in the kind of trouble that I, I want to see him held accountable in some way, I want to see him face that justice and, and, and to be determined guilty. And, you know, whether it's not everybody, but it's a certain amount of people, it's enough, it's the law, it's whatever for history books. I want it going down because it seems like he's got, or he has gotten away with so much. But I also, what I, what I tell myself is because there is so much injustice and there are so many people who get away with crimes and never are held accountable in any way, whether it's prison or not, I feel like, okay, well, in, you know, the, what I choose to believe or what I would like to believe that there, that there is it, like people like to talk about the angry God or a punishing God. I don't see it that way. I just see it as experience. You have to have experience to understand why you did what you or, or or why what you did was wrong and like okay so trump is never gonna understand no i know i know but i'm talking about in a soul existence i'm talking about an existence right. that i don't have any idea about but i love to just you know question and wonder and all that stuff so it's like you know after he's gone when he dies uh perhaps that it's not that he would be punished that his soul would be punished and going to hell i don't believe in that but it's just the idea of he'll have to learn in some way uh as a, as an as a consciousness which is of course something that we'll never see but it's what i tell myself right. it's it's not that i right, I, I insist okay, on so it i'll play devil i'll play devil's advocate in a couple of ways here okay the first you used a term immediate justice uh-huh which is a contradiction in terms because if it's immediate, then it can't, it cannot have followed a process. Well, I, when um, I say immediate justice, I, I mean, mean at, I uh, here I on earth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here on earth. Now, divine, divine retribution doesn't need our help. Mm-hmm. So the idea that we're going to help along the divine retribution mm-hmm. is kind of misplaced. Right. So, no, and I don't know, believe should, that. Punishment is a whole complicated thing. And there are a lot of theories of punishment. And one of them is 
that the I think it comes from Immanuel Kant that the that the moral balance of the universe must be corrected through punishment, hmm. and that's very appealing, but that's also very wrong. I, yeah, I don't buy into that. <laughs> right, because it, it makes us God. Yeah. Right. So so divine. So um. So okay. Uh, yeah, Trump but it's it's the will, human um, desire to Trump, see him pay. Trump, go ahead. It's the human yeah, desire. Yeah, of course you do. Of yeah. course you do. We have a desire to see him pay. Now, um, I'll play a devil's advocate in one, and I I do believe he's criminally liable, mm-hmm. and I do believe that he will face criminal liability. I do believe he will face criminal consequences. Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. Um, so with that aside, um, the criminal the criminal justice system is not equipped to solve a political problem and it shouldn't solve a political problem. Mm-hmm. So the way Trump is dangerous, so you've got Trump is very, very dangerous, mm-hmm. um, but Trump is dangerous because he can incite that kind of an armed insurrection. That's why yeah. he's dangerous. Other people are dangerous because they are, you know, um, they're ready to go on a shooting rampage mm-hmm. in a crowded place. Mm-hmm. So, Incarcerating or um, somehow rendering incapable of action mm-hmm. the kinds of per- the kind of person who um, is a possibly an active shooter, mm-hmm. right? That the criminal justice system is equipped for. Yes. Although I'll still go to ahead and say they should be in a locked hospital ward and never let out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they need to be restrained. Mm-hmm. The kind of danger that Trump poses is the kind of danger that somebody else can pick up the mantle. Yes. It's not particular to Trump. Very true. So, so what's her name, that cuckoo in um, Georgia? Or, or, <laughs> Marjorie a, a Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah. A few of them, although it can never be a woman, I think that the strong man kind of has to be yeah. one of these like weirdly sexualized men. Yeah. But it could have been Holly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Ted Cruz true. wants that role. Yeah, that. Um, so, so the real danger Trump poses is that he's weaponized a a, a political problem that mm-hmm. he has um, riled up a segment of the population that's ready for civil war and violence. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a political problem. Yes. So, so while Trump is dangerous. Imprisoning Trump doesn't mitigate that particular danger. Yeah, In and it fact, could all, it could also make it worse. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so while I think Trump's criminally liable and all of that, I also think that we have to. There's a danger sometimes, particularly on Twitter, of believing that the, that political problems can be solved with the criminal justice system. Yeah. And, and it can't. I told someone once, she, even if you could build a big enough jail, you can't put all the white supremacists into it. <laughs> That's so, true. <laughs> so that actually – I love my followers on Twitter because someone responded and was like, well, why can't we? Like, oh, kidding. <laughs> you know, kidding. You know, you really just cannot imprison a quarter of the population. No. You have to, you have to find and, – and imprisoning random – the leaders doesn't – doesn't disband the group right so um so again while i do believe trump will face criminal liability for what he did in the last couple of months in office at least um and then of course there's other financial yeah, crimes that's going way back. Question, yeah. um, and uh, you know lots of other kinds of crimes going way back um but while i 
while I believe that he will face criminal liability, I think it's um, important not to think that the real danger that Trump poses can be solved through the criminal justice system. Yeah, and that's a really good point to make because this, you know, I was I was thinking, and I even hate to put this out there, not that I think anybody in Trump world would be listening to my podcast, but you know, he's been taken off of Twitter, but mm-hmm. he's got this huge mailing list, and he's free to make videos, send out to his mailing list, and then tell tell his army of you know MAGA followers, cult followers, tweet this, because he could mm-hmm. he could be all over Twitter through his mm-hmm. followers or parlor or wherever mm-hmm. they go. So yeah, mm-hmm. his danger is still there. And then if he were incarcerated, then it's like you were saying, whether it's Don Jr. or somebody else could just pick up and, and, mm-hmm. and continue on and, and keep going. So yeah, there, there's that, there's that uh, undeniable problem. And then the last thing I just wanted to ask about then, and you touched on it is okay. So there is this case of insurrection, but then there are all these other cases which are not political, just like his finances. So going back to even before he was president, uh, maybe, and then, and and then, you know what, before you even say that somebody had suggested, and I want to quickly, quickly ask you about this before I talk about financial charges, but somebody suggested that in, in a way to keep him from running up from office, uh, running for office again would be to just pass a law that you have to show five years worth of your taxes. And so do you think that that would be, a good idea for that specific reason. I mean, I'd like to see it happen anyway, but just for that specific reason. Well, the, there's a problem with that. I figured <laughs> there would be. <laughs> Don't ask a lawyer a question. Um, okay, let me put it a different way. There's ways to do it. Right. Okay, there's ways to do it. And one way to do it is that the states don't allow somebody on their ballot because the, pres- the, the Constitution only gives um, one are two barriers to presidency. So, so um, you, know, you have to be a certain age, you have to have been born here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, I think that it could happen, but it's, it's a little more complicated. Um, but certainly states can say you can't be on our ballot mm-hmm. if you haven't. And if enough states do right. that, okay, okay. then, yeah. um, then it's, then it's, just it's, hard. it's yeah. pretty bad. So, but um, it's, but it's not a bad idea. And actually it's, could be possible um, that um, certainly they can say that if you run for president, oh, well, actually, there's a way to do it, I suppose. You could say anybody after elected president, the IRS is ordered to mm-hmm. release their taxes. Yeah, there's that. Right. So once you're president, you know, I don't know that you can prevent somebody from running. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if the, I don't know if the federal government can prevent somebody from running, mm-hmm. possibly the state's more likely, but I, I don't see how, um, how that wouldn't pass constitutional muster. Well, and then adding to that, it would be better coming from the states because all we would need is to get, if there was Republican control back in Congress, they could just change the law again. So having (laughs) it all in the, in individual states would secure it and it would make it less likely to be voted out if Republicans. Right. But the, the thing about the taxes is, you don't really have too many people running for president who have had a lifetime of criming. I mean, mostly you get people, the, the more dangerous people coming up mm-hmm. are, I mean, that could prevent another Trump. Right. But, you know, somebody like Josh Hawley, you yeah. know, they, they've lived their lives as if they're going to be politicians. Right. And so, um, and so sometimes after the, what's that expression after the horse is out, you know, that particular um, closing the barn door. Yes, right. That particular that particular remedy, um, you know, may not 
it's, do all that yeah. much in the future. Well, I think, because, I mean, I saw someone make yeah. that suggestion specifically with Trump since he got acquitted. If we don't want him to run again, this is something, oh, you know, I this see. is a law I we see. could pass. And so right. I, I yeah. thought oh, that was an I, interesting idea. I'd, yeah. I'd have to, I'd, um, you know, I'd have to think about whether that passes constitutional, you know, I'm not sure right. um, that you can add more federal requirements to who can be president. But I, but I think that you can, um, I think that you can order you know, records public, you can yeah. change some internal things. But anyway. Um. Yeah, I mean, it would it would just be about change. And one thing I will say is that Trump showed us the weaknesses in our system. And I think there are some things that can be tightened up, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, security, voting security and all that stuff. Uh, we, you know, we can, there are a lot of things that could or should be changed because he did expose the vulnerabilities. But the last question I wanted to ask is, so now, obviously, like we were talking about, yeah, you do believe that he's going to be held accountable, at least charged. We don't know, obviously, what an investigation will pan, how that will pan out. And it won't look good for him. But still, we don't know if, if and when. Um, But I think, you know, there's definitely all these, from before he was even president, uh, things that he's done that, are are against the law so you've got uh letitia james in new york and she doesn't mess around so maybe she's got a bunch of stuff on him that have nothing to do with politics have only to do with his you know criminal activity with uh, money and all that stuff and finances so what do you like what do you see coming out of that like how do you see that playing out because some of these some suits might be civil and only go for you know like do you do you see a possibility of him losing his assets uh what can come of these kinds of of trials well that's my personal fantasy and i was really but he's so brilliant at grifting Mm -hmm. that you know just when i was thinking around october november that all of this is going to break him financially Mm -hmm. because he's already so far in debt what's he going to do about his you know all of his um debt and how heavily mortgaged he is Mm -hmm. Um, then he comes up with this brilliant fundraising thing that mm-hmm. puts like a, a billion dollars in his pocket, yeah, right? right? So my personal fantasy is that um, is that he ends up poor, right? And um, and that the, that the Trump organization loses everything. Mm-hmm. And um, where I'm I'm not a fan of prisons. Mm-hmm. I am a fan of you don't get to keep anything you that was gotten illegally. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. And so even the, he ha, he was smart enough to put the small print in his fundraising that there's no saying what this is going to be used for. But um but I think that if you find enough money that he has that he's not entitled to including dirty Russian money. Mm-hmm. So um so a lot of those um condo sales were done in violation of money laundering. Um, statutes. Hmm. And so I think you could go back and you could find enough money that Trump took illegally to find the hell out of him so that he ends up hmm. with nothing. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because um, try to imagine Ivanka living on $40,000 a year <laughs> I know, in, really? <laughs> in, in, in Georgia. Yeah. Or not Georgia. They wouldn't go to Georgia anymore. No. Put, them, put her in Mississippi. So try to imagine... <laughs> I, and, and I love Mississippi. I don't mean, I just mean. No, I know. Rural, it's a, yeah, it's a red you know, state. Place, yeah. Right, right. It's a deep red state. Yeah. Um, try to imagine it. Without the wealth. Yeah. They just don't have the appeal. No. 
and they can't posture. And so just imagine if if people went back and this is back taxes. I don't think there's a, I don't know. I don't think there's a statute of limitations on back taxes. So let's just say that you say, okay, look at this. You, you have, when we take the interest at whatever rate we're allowed to calculate interest, you owe the United States five and a half billion dollars, you know, turn it all over. Um, here, we'll, we'll leave you with a house in, in Mississippi and a you know, enough to live on $40,000 a year. That's my fantasy mm-hmm. because, um, because that, that breaks some of the mystique. And also I have no moral, I, I wrestle with, with prison and punishment mm-hmm. and all that, but I have no, but I don't see give back what you took as a punishment. Right. Give back what you took is not a punishment. Mm-hmm. That's basic fairness. Yes. You you don't get to grab someone else's crayons. You grab my crayon, you have to give it back. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, that's not about, it doesn't get you any any of the, you know, and, and, and there's no victimization mm-hmm. because you just showed like he, he cheated on right. all of this from yes. 1980 until now. So that's my personal fantasy. Um, the only worry I have is that they're so good at grifting that they mm-hmm. can always like r- replenish their, right? You know, um, yeah. Sorry, I, I mean, kind of so so that, that's my fantasy, right? That's my fantasy is take it all away from them because they are not entitled to keep it. Well, but it, it's an interesting idea because I just watched this documentary about how there's like fake fame on the internet, and it's it sucks because basically it can be created by bot by bot followers that are bot followers. And then you can also buy commenters and people who like, you know, buy the, the, the likes and the comments. And then not only that, you can also buy the results from when they analyze whether you have, you know, followers that are bots. So you might have, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> 70% bots. But you can buy the results to say that you've got that 91% of your followers are legitimate. So it's, it's, it's upsetting because it just feels like there's this, there's this guy who got people killed, not just in the insurrection, but with COVID and, and, God only knows what happened at the border, you know, with, with these people and children that he caged and, and, and his actions got people killed, hurt people, and then terrorized a nation, really, at least part of a nation for four or five years. And, and, and he's still going, even though he doesn't have a Twitter account. And there's just this feeling like you want, you want it to stop you. And, and yeah, I mean, I do want him to, I want a punishment so that he feels not that I ever think he'll ever, ever, because he's just like a sociopathic personality or whatever. His father Mm -hmm. created this monster. And I don't think he'll ever go, oh, what I did was wrong. But I do want him to feel that he has been caught and that that it that it that there's something that he doesn't like that happens that he has to go through because the idea of him sitting at Mar-a-Lago eating big, beautiful chocolate cake, you know, even though he can't. Uh, tweet and and maybe he's under house arrest. It's it's infuriating. It's infuriating that he gets to enjoy even you know I mean I know Michael Cohen was taken out of prison because of COVID. You know uh, black men are still in there for you know three joints or something, and Michael Cohen gets out because he's a wealthy white man, and he gets to stay home. Well, we're all staying home right now. Well, a lot of us are staying home because of COVID. 
So we're all basically under house arrest at this point. Eventually that will change. But still, the idea is he gets to be at home and watch Netflix and he can work out. And yeah, it sucks that you can't leave your house for whatever period of time. But, you know, I mean, Trump wouldn't be under house arrest for the rest of his life. It would just be for a period of time. I mean, he's an old guy. I don't know. I, you know, if they put him under house arrest for 20 years, he's, that's probably his forever. But um, it's just, you know, I, I, I understand and I'm not arguing with you that there should be prison. It's just that because I totally agree. I, I had seen a documentary not too long ago about a prison that uh, did did this kind of rehabilitation, like legit rehabilitation for certain kinds of, of offenders. Like you couldn't go in if you were a rapist and if you killed people. But if you, you know, if you did something like sell pot or whatever it was, that you could go through this program. And, you know, once you got out, you had assistance to have... Uh, an actual life that you could go and you learned a skill or whatever it was and it was beneficial and it helped and so I think that you know the prison system should be changed over to actual rehabilitation um, to where yeah maybe you're t but it but not these uh, guards who feel that you know, it's like I, watching Orange is the New Black. I just I, I've, I saw the whole thing through recently. I saw I think I watched up to season three and I stopped and then I started again last year. And one of the things that was just so glaring was that the, you know, the staff, the prison staff felt that they could just treat the prisoners any old way they wanted. They could rape them. They could beat them up and do all this stuff. And it's like, you've already been punished. The, the punishment was going to prison and it, it's not giving guards the okay to do whatever the hell they want, but that's still what happens. And, the, and, and especially when you have these privately owned prisons, uh, it, 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 it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. Nobody's getting rehabilitated. And it would be great if we had a situation where, you know, because there are a lot of people who do go to prison who are doing, it's like petty theft or, or stealing a car. I mean, it doesn't mean you're necessarily bad for the rest of your life. Uh, those people might be able to get get a real good life going there, but we don't have that system. So I'm totally in agreement with you that the way we have set up our prison system is just horrific, and I think it should change. But there's still that human desire to, to see somebody who has basically incited murder to pay for right. that. You know, you want them to right. pay and for a, that. And a lot of the murder that he incited, you know, is part of the political problem. Yes, right? it is. Actually, you know what? I just found, I, I scrolled back and I found this roses are red that you did. <laughs> I know. And <laughs> the, the reason I mentioned that is because, um, <laughs> is because I spend my whole life with prison reform and the uses of punishment and let's be careful with punishment and it's quite dangerous and punishment is state-inflicted pain, um, right? I spent my whole life with this. Right. My husband said, so who are you talking to today? Mm-hmm. And I said, let me read you what you I know. <laughs> well, let's tell everybody. I wrote, roses are red, violets are blue, Trump broke the law, he should rot alone in a prison cell, fuck him. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Wait, what I And wrote. that was after, to make that even better, to, Kimberly tweeted that immediately after tweeting, roses are, roses are red, poems take practice. Um, <laughs> that's funny with, uh, with a headline that says I ran naked into a cactus yes um, so <laughs> roses are red poems take practice I ran naked into a cactus um, <laughs> and so I I told my husband yes I'm speaking to someone who tweeted out 
Yes. And so he's like, oh, that's going to be great. I, well, I mean, I'm, you know, and there is a, like, I'm not going to lie. I would like to see him in a prison cell. I, I get what you're saying 100%, but I feel like I, I it's, it's that human desire. You just want, I want him to suffer because he made other people suffer. But, but on, on a bigger picture, I, I, I don't think him suffering is going to solve a goddamn thing. It's just going to give satisfaction. It it, yeah. We're, we're, you know what he, right. I, and I'm totally with you on that. Um, the, 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 the part that I choose, the only part that I really want people to understand is that it won't solve the larger political problem right. and that the larger political problem. And actually, you know, because I had been, okay. That's when I started tweeting out that I don't like punishment, people got really mad. Yeah, I'm sure. And so um and so I was like, okay, well, you know, bye. Like, yeah, right. I thought the liberal I thought the liberals were on the side of, you know, yeah, know, careful with punishment. And then actually when the when the defund the police thing happened, mm-hmm. I strutted around. I strutted around my house saying, <laughs> I am vindicated because what the heck does defund the police mean yeah. other than stop using the criminal justice system to solve society's problems mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i wanted to go back to all those people who <laughs> angrily unfollowed me because i said i have issues with punishment i want to go back and say ah ha ha what yeah. about defund the police like, right what about that yeah you know you can't you know that it's a defund the police was really a way of saying that there are limits to what the criminal justice system yes. can accomplish. Yeah, you're 100 percent so, right. You're 100 percent right. And I and, felt vindicated by that, like neener neener. Like, <laughs> now, now the left is back on my side because okay, so back when I was in law school and I was an idealistic law student, and I I've actually only represented people who can't afford to pay. I've mm-hmm. never built a client mm-hmm. in my life. Wow. So I was this idealistic law student. I'm going to represent the underrepresented. I was at the border giving. Um, legal assistance to asylum seekers through races. Mm-hmm. So I'm this total idealist. Mm-hmm. And part of the idealism was always get rid of the prisons, get rid of the criminal, mm-hmm. you know, reform the criminal justice system. So then when everybody got so ticked off at Trump, all of a sudden the left mm-hmm. was against me on this. And, and, and I understand it. Mm-hmm. I do. I understand it. But then I felt like the defund the police, like, right. will, will, will realign us. Like, at least I, I have a, you know, a slogan to stand on with my, um, and again, I do believe he's, he's criminally liable and I do believe that he will face criminal liability. Um, it, it may not satisfy some of what we want to see. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we're going to get satisfied, but, but I can understand the idea that like, if he is put in prison, um, that that could make him martyr and make things worse. So there, but that doesn't mean we don't do it. Now, and then I'll right. take the other side of the argument. Yeah. That doesn't mean we don't do it. Right. But that it could it could lead it. to but it. But just as it you could, were, but we open our eyes. We open. We don't. We don't say that putting him in prison is going to solve problems. We say right. there are good reasons mm-hmm. to follow through procedure and follow through the process and be fair. Yeah. If he incited a violent. Re- um, insurrection. If anyone else had done this, yeah. they would face these consequences. So he right. should also. But that it won't um, necessarily it won't solve the problem. But there's 
but that's not a reason not to. So mm-hmm. there, I, I now argued all sides. Well, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the, I think the bigger picture here is is just kind of what you had said earlier, in that our country needs a better way to deal with societal problems. And if we had a better way to deal with those problems, we might not have as many, and that would be better overall. But there's always mm-hmm. going to be there's always going to be people who are criminals. There's always going to be people mm-hmm. who hurt other people. And so that come, you know, and because you have that human desire to see somebody pay and, 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 and it's more than pay it's suffer because you want, I, I will admit if, if it makes me a small person, so be it. But I want to see Trump suffer because he's, he's made me suffer. And I mean, I got the light side of it. I lived a fortunate life during his presidency. I wasn't stuck at the border. I wasn't thrown in jail, but, I was terrified I was going to lose my health insurance. I was terrified he was going to take over the country. I mean, there were so many things that, you know, cause this, you know, and then on top of it, you've got the whole way that he dealt with COVID and understanding how dangerous it was and ignoring it. And then not only that, not sending blue states what they needed as punishment, um, yeah, I it's I am not a violent person. I don't like to watch violence or fighting, but it's like in my mind, I want to beat the shit out of him. You know what I mean? It's like right. I have this I can't help this desire and I think we all have it, but I do agree as much as there's this this petty human thing that wants to see him, you know, there there my my boyfriend and I love the movie Boogie Nights. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there was this scene where this guy who had basically he was a pedophile, uh, he was thrown in jail and he was just so disgraced. It, w- it was awful and disgraceful. And it was like, you know, put Trump in that situation because because we hate him so much. You just you just want to see him suffer. You want to see him pay and suffer for all the suffering that he's caused. But I, I do think there is a much bigger picture to think about in terms of our justice system and our criminal system. Yes, it's not going to solve all of our pro- all of our problems, our societal problems. And, um, you know, most of the time when people are sent to jail, they come out in a worse case scenario than they went in. They either learned how to be better criminals or they just, even if they didn't, even if they said, I see the light, I'm never going to do this again. Well, now they're followed for the rest of their life. It's harder for them to get a decent job. So right. um, it, it's, it's not really doing what it needs to do other than keeping certain dangerous people off the street. But so right. many people who are in jail are not necessarily dangerous to us. So, right. you know, again, it's selling a joint right. and or also, something. And also, you know, it's in terms of like my thing on punishment. I definitely changed my tune after that violent insurrection hmm. until, until that I wanted him to pay financially because, um, that is where to make it hurt. And, um, and mostly he, except for policy things as president, which really aren't criminal, even though they should be, they're not, I mean, they are mm-hmm. criminal in a colloquial sense, but mm-hmm. not literally. Um, most mostly he has committed financial crimes, which is mm-hmm. which got and fraud. Mm-hmm. You know he's a, he's a he's a fraudster. He's a con artist. Yeah. Um, and so, but the violent insurrection was so over the top <laughs> that yeah. I I completely switch sides on that hmm. and i say that 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 deserves whatever and i don't know dc law mm-hmm. i know that there's a harsh law in terms of um what it takes to be convicted i mean that law is harsh mm-hmm. in the sense uh, harsh in the sense that what trump did appears to satisfy the law hmm. in D, you know right. meet the criteria yes. for that crime in dc i don't know what dc 
offers as the punishment for that crime. I don't know. But whatever it is, I want Trump to have it. (laughs) 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 Whatever whatever the punishment is for that crime in D.C., and I should look it up. Um, I want I want Trump to have the maximum. Wow. So that because that was that crossed a line Mm -hmm. in terms of um, up, up until then, you know, who was the great Italian brilliant thinker with the levels of hell? Um, I don't know, man, I'm forgetting. There's the, the crime that crimes of the body and crimes of the mind where crimes of the body were like physical violence and crimes of the mind were like trickery. Uh-huh. And he, he actually, um, I, I'm, it's really embarrassing that I'm blanking on the name. You'll know I'm it trying, if I said I'm it, trying to look but it he up. ends, he ends up saying that Dante um, Dante's Inferno. There yeah. you go. Okay. So, <laughs> so Dante's Inferno, he, he ends up concluding Interestingly, that crimes of the mind are worse than crimes of the body. Okay. That makes sense. I'm pretty sure I have that right. Right. So, but Trump always committed crimes of the mind. Yeah. He, he tricked people. He lied to people. He took money. He, right. He, he was a con artist. Yeah. But the, the insurrection was a crime of the body. Hmm. Yes, and it was. A, it was. a different kind of crime. Right. And I'm not sure I, I agree that the, you know, crimes of the you know, I'm not sure I agree that, I mean, I can understand, think, you know, trying to invert it and saying that when you trick people and you defraud them in mm-hmm. some ways, that's worse. Yeah, that's true. But, that's true. I but mean, in our system, yeah. in our system, crimes of the body mm-hmm. are far worse. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think in terms of, I, mean, I don't know if you've seen that meme that's going around of, of that terrible man they're looking for. Uh, the FBI is looking for who gouged out one of the officer's eyes or tried to gouge them out. Um, you know, you, you see people like that again. He's another good reason to get that. You know, get you, get you going and like th- this man needs mm-hmm. to be punished. So, something needs to happen. But you know, I will continue. And, if, and, if, and in legal terms, uh, in legal terms, a foreseeable outcome from the speech and the way that Trump riled. This was foreseeable mm-hmm. outcome. Mm-hmm. That when you rile people up like that and you tell them these lies, that kind of crime is a foreseeable outcome. Yeah. So that's why the the insurrection is really yeah. different. Um, but anyway, anyway, that, I mean, it's just it's, it's <laughs> I know it's so crazy and it's so upsetting. But I'm just going to reiterate to what I said at the first. Now, talking to you, it 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 makes me feel better because. It helps me understand the process more clearly. And when you understand the process more clearly, you know, it still can be infuriating and it makes you nuts, but you have a better understanding of how things will work and a more realistic understanding when, when a lot of the time we are going on emotion and emotion, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age in this country, watching what's happening is upsetting and infuriating. And so there, there are knee-jerk emotional reactions. And I mean, I'm just as guilty as anyone for having them, even though I'll say don't have a knee-jerk reaction. It's like it's almost impossible sometimes not to. Uh, and I'm usually talking about people on Twitter. Don't, don't allow a troll to get you riled up. But it's like I can't help. Mitch McConnell is like a professional troll who decides my fate. So it's like a little different. And I feel... Um, Sometimes my emotions, my fears, my, uh, you know, insecurities take over. And, and that's, that's where I come from. Like, ah, you know, just that feeling coming from right. inside. But talking to you helps me sort it out and have a better understanding so that I don't feel so anxious. And, you know, I mean, I'm still upset. But at the same time, 
you know, you bring me down. So I just kind of wanted to reiterate that. And I wanted to say also, thank you for being on the show. It's always a delight talking to you. You always have so much good information. And um, so and is there anything before we go, is there anything you would like to add? No, I think that we covered I, I think it. we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> so then why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, I'm on Twitter. My handle is Terry underscore Canefield. Um, and I have a blog, which I, I think if you Google Terry Canefield blog, it'll come up. It has a very unoriginal name, like <laughs> Terry Canefield dash blog. <laughs> um, you know, nothing to, and I, I have a website, but I'm, it's, it's just a page. It's like my author pages. Right. But, okay. um, but mostly I'm on, I'm on Twitter and I also, I post on Facebook, but I don't do much there. I just sort of re, you know, post my, yeah. my blog stuff there. Awesome. Well, what I'll do is I usually do is I'll include your two links, uh, to your, your Twitter. And then of course to your blog. So everybody can read it. And of course everybody should read it. You can also find me on Twitter at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. You can read my books. You can find them on Amazon, Kimberly Johnson. I've written uh, books about teen abortion, Peyton's choice and first time sex. Notice a the theme there. <laughs> uh, the Virgin diaries and a couple other ones. Check them out. If you like them, leave reviews. Also Terry has written books so you can check those out on Amazon. Just enter her name in the search engine there and all of her books will come up. So, and again, if you read her books and you like them, Authors need reviews, so give us reviews. I'd appreciate it. But thank you, Terry, for being on. Thank you with, for, for all of your wisdom. <laughs> well, you're well, thank you for having me. <laughs> all right, you take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.